This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Forgiving others for the believer in Christ is not an option. It's a command. It's not an option. And it's not like, let me pray about it. Let me know. It's a command to do it. Not halfway, not three quarters away. Always forgive. It's a commandment to forgive. Why? Did Jesus say, okay, you repent of your sin. You want to be born again? Okay, let me think about it. No. The moment you repented of your sin, you were born again. You're a new creation. Right? When we read this letter, we can see that Paul is leaning heavy into forgiveness. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be sharing about the importance of forgiveness. The Bible doesn't make it a suggestion, but the Bible makes it a command. When we repent and ask Jesus to forgive our sins, He doesn't wait and take His time. Jesus is always quick to forgive sins. If this is the example that Jesus set, then it's the example we should follow. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Philemon chapter 1 as he continues his message by Lehman's obedience encouraged and Paul's farewell. There is only one way to heaven, one way to God, and that is Jesus. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man goes to the Father except through me. He made the way where there wasn't a way. And so Christ paid it in full. Paid in full. Now, we hear it, the three words differently when Jesus was on the cross. With Jesus on the cross in John chapter 19, verse 30, it said, Jesus says, it is finished. He didn't say, I got us this far, guys. You take it from here. Go down that mountain of Calvary, Mount Moriah, and see what you can do to complete the work of salvation. That's religion. That's works. It is finished. Archaeologists have found documents with the word testelestai. It's one word in Greek. Testelestai, meaning paid in full. And that's what Jesus has done. As Paul is doing here, he said, put it on my account. I'll take care of it. Any wrong or anything he owes you, put it on my account. And that's what Jesus did. I've taken all of your sins on the cross of Calvary. I paid for your sins. We deserve to be on the cross. You and I have sinned before God. Jesus Christ, the son, never sinned against his father. Never sinned, period. We deserve to be on the cross, but Jesus took our place. Because he said, tell us die. Paid in full. Jesus on the cross, who died for our sins, he became sin for us. He wasn't sin, not an ounce of sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For he, speaking of the father, God the father, made him the son, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He became sin so that you could be righteous. 
there's anything righteous in us? Paul says, there's nothing good in me. Jeremiah says, the heart is wicked and evil. Who can know it, right? And so, there's nothing right, but we are righteous positionally because of who we are in Christ. But in and of ourselves, we're not righteous. We look at each other, wait a minute, who's he talking to? <laughs> definitely not Eddie. You know, definitely like me, you know, elbow ministry, we're elbowing each other. Yeah, we're not righteous. You're not righteous. I mean, we're not righteous. Nobody's righteous. Positionally, we are because of Christ. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, Peter wrote this, who, speaking of Jesus, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, speaking of the cross, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Quoting from Isaiah 53, we are healed by his stripes, the stripes that scarred his body. We are to forgive others. We are called as believers in Christ. Listen, if you have been forgiven by God, if you have repented and been born again, your life has changed, you're transformed. Now you're a new creation in Christ. You're born again. You are called to forgive. There isn't a single person that you cannot forgive. It's not biblical. We are called to forgive all people, everyone, anytime, anywhere. Anyone and everyone, forgive. Because Christ set the example, he forgave us. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, Jesus said this, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. He's not talking about forgiveness unto salvation. It's after salvation. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will the Father forgive your trespasses. That's serious stuff. How many here are Christians? No, don't show me hands. It's just, you know, I don't want you to get in trouble. How many here Christians uh, are perfect? Don't sin. I'm not raising my hand. I'm just you. There's no such thing, right? First John chapter 1, if we sin, if we say we don't sin, for John's first epistle, if we say we don't sin, he's talking to Christians, we, we're a liar. <laughs> we all sin. We, we don't practice sin. We're not sinners in the sense that we don't practice sin. But as believers in Christ, we blow it all the time. I blow it all the time. Ask my wife. Now don't, because when I was in the city, I was, you know, teaching. And it was this man, you know, he, he was a man, but he had the mind of a 10-year-old. And uh, he was attending our fellowship there in East Harlem. And he would, uh, he went and asked my wife, so what is it that he, that he does? <laughs> <laughs> And Judy said, well, sit down. <laughs> Not just kidding. <laughs> They're going to be here for a long time. Not just kidding. Uh, but we all sin. We're not perfect. And so when we do, what do we, what do, we do when we do sin? We, we ask for forgiveness. We want the Father to forgive us, right? And you remember, I don't have it here, but remember when Peter tried to tell Jesus, hey, Jesus, huh? how many times should I forgive my brother? And he thought he was going to be really nice so that Jesus could say, oh, Peter, you're such a smart guy. Jesus, seven times? No, Peter. Seven times seven times seven times seven. <laughs> In other words, there is no limit. And so the point is to forgive. You see, forgiving others for the believer in Christ is not an option. It's a command. It's not an option. And it's not like, let me pray about it. Let me No, it's a command to do it. <laughs> Not halfway, not three quarters away, all the way. Forgive. It's a commandment to forgive. 
Why? Did Jesus say, okay, you repent of your sin, you want to be born again? Okay, let me think about it. No, the moment you repented of your sin, you were born again, you're a new creation, right? God didn't say, well, you know, let me work into it. No, you're forgiven automatically. We forgive because he forgave us. Every single one of us that have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven of our sins. That's why we're born again. That's why we live free. That's why we have this peace that surpasses all understanding. That's why the world understands why you're happy. Well, because I, you know, I'm right with my maker, put it. I'm right with my God, my Savior, my Lord. I'm at peace. And I can sleep. Because if I die, absent abide to be present with the Lord. I'll be happier in heaven, trust me. And so we have this, we, 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 we have uh, this, you know, connection with the Lord that now we could relate and we have a relationship with him because we've been forgiven. We've been made a child of God, son and daughter of God. And so this forgiveness is not an option. And in fact, it's a clear connection between God who forgave you and you who forgive others. It shows that you are a Christian. Why are they so forgiven? He's a Jesus nut. He's a Jesus guy. He's going to forgive you. That's why. Call me whatever you want. I love the Lord. I want to be obedient. I want to forgive. Because ultimately, I have to answer to the Lord why I don't forgive. And if I want God to forgive me, well, I, I repent of my sins. You know, every time I mess up, you know, I want, as I want God to forgive me when I blow it, I'm going to learn to forgive everyone else that comes. And, and this forgiveness is what began our relationship with the Lord. Forgiveness, what began your relationship with God. Just think about that. You are born again. You are a child of God. You have eternal life. All because you are forgiven. Forgiveness is a big part of the Christian life. We were made right with God because of forgiveness. We were children of God, born again, Christian. We were disciples of God because of forgiveness. Forgive. We were forgiven. We must forgive. And I know that I've been hurt myself. It's not a person that hasn't been hurt by someone. You've been hurt by someone, whoever that person is. It's time today, if prior is the day where you're going to have to say, you know what, I need to forgive. I need to move forward. Because we've all been hurt by somebody sometime or another. If you haven't, just sit and wait. You will. You will. The thing is also we've hurt others, right? So we have this hurt because someone wronged us. Someone probably stole from us. Someone did something wrong, spoken negative about us, about you, me. Uh, this is quote, don't know who uh, gave this quote, but it says, listen to this, unforgiveness, unforgiveness, not forgiving, is like drinking poison, but expecting someone else to die. You're the one that's hurt. It's obviously, we don't forgive someone that loves us, someone that gives us a plate of a couple of cheeseburgers or steak, Give us a gift. People are nice to us. Easy to forget them. Forgive them. But to forgive others that hurt you. There it is. Because that hurt is there. That's the obstacle. That's what's destroying you. Not the person who committed the sin against you or hurt you. Is that hurt. That's all you're left with. Hurt. What are you going to do with that? You're holding it. It's in your heart. 
You don't sleep at night because you've been hurt. Holding it will kill you. Holding that hurt will kill you. The only cure, the only cure, listen, one word, forgiveness. According to Mayo Clinic, you can search this out, mayoclinic.org, they wrote this, forgiveness bring with it plenty of health benefits, including improved relationships, decreased anxiety, stress, lowered blood pressure, lower risk of depression, strong immune system, and a healthy heart. Forgiveness. That's what forgiveness can do. Just think of opposite if you don't forgive. The hurt, everything escalates. Anxiety, stress, high blood pressure, depression. But opposite of that, this is according to Mayo Clinic, mayoclinic.org. And it goes on to say, letting go of negative emotions can often have a remarkable impact on your body. And we all know that. We all know that when we're going through hard time, you can say, oh, and it's more than just having bags under your eyes. <laughs> you know, it's more than that. You know, you don't sleep well. It's just affecting you mentally, physically. And, and if you allow it, definitely spiritually. That's why we, we need to be strong spiritually. And if we walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh, we walk in the spirit, we forgive. We won't live in the flesh. We won't think negative of a person that hurt us. We're, we're doing better spiritually and physically. And more importantly, we have the vertical relationship right. <laughs> we're being obedient to the Father. So the medical field may, may not have admitted, admitted directly that forgiveness actually cures people. But indirectly, they're just actually proving what God already said from the very beginning. Forgive. And forgiveness is what gives freedom, liberation, and it brings unity and love. And it's important. So I know, the bottom line, we are to forgive. If, if you don't forgive, you're only hurting yourself. You're only hurting yourself. And you're not being obedient to the word of God. You're not being obedient to the word of God. And you're not being Christ-like. We are to forgive. And some may say, well, that person doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Do we all, need to, do all, we all deserve to be forgiven? No, the grace of God. The grace of God. The English cleric, theologian, and evangelist John Wesley was serving as a missionary to the colonies and was having a terrible time with General Oglethorpe, who was noted for his pride and unbending nature. In a particular prideful moment, Oglethorpe said, I never forgive. To which Wesley replied, then I hope, sir, you never sin. Because if you never forgive, guess who you're going to ask for forgiveness when you do sin? It's the Lord. Charles Spurgeon said this, unless you have forgiven others, you read your own death warrant when you repeat the Lord's Prayer. And so we're called to forgive. Jesus set the example. You are a living testimony of that. If you surrender your life to Jesus Christ and he has given you eternal life. We are the result of being forgiven. So back to Philemon. Back to Philemon. Let's look at verse 19. Paul writes, I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay. And the fact that, you know, he wrote these words, Paul placed himself under legal obligation. His handwriting was important. It's on a document. If the case would have happened that Paul didn't keep his word, 
if Philemon wanted to take him to court, <laughs> it's on paper. But I don't think that's necessary for either one of them. Paul kept his word. Paul wants to be like Christ. I'll pay for Onesimus' debt, just as Christ paid for my sinful debt. And he writes, I pay. I owe you the thousand shekels or a hundred thousand shekels, whatever it is, I'll pay. So he says, I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention to you, but he's going to anyway, that you owe me even your own self besides. See, Paul was the one that led Philemon to the Lord. He's the one that shared the gospel and Philemon now is a, a part of the family of Christ. He has eternal life. And as far as the human instrument side is concerned, Philemon owes the Apostle Paul. He doesn't owe for his salvation. You know, no one is, you know, I, you know I, I'm careful when you share the gospel. Oh, I led someone to the Lord. Oh, I led that person to the Lord. Listen, you didn't do anything. You're nothing. <laughs> you know, they want all the credit. Yeah, I led that person to the Lord. No, no. You know, if I share a testimony, hey, I just he was preaching. And if, if it's in a conversation, you know, well, not too long ago, actually this Monday, or was it Tuesday? Was it Monday? I got to ask Judy because she's, you know, she's good with the calendar. I'm not. Tuesday. Anyway, Tuesday, I was, we were in the mall, Judy and I, and we just didn't plan to go to the mall. And I came across uh, a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Jerry's coworker of mine. He was a really, he was a real police officer. This guy was a, he's a first grade detective now. And I came across him. He was with his partner. and said, hey, what are you doing here? We just started talking. And then I started sharing the gospel with him. His partner was a believer. Says, yes, I've been sharing the gospel with him for the longest. Here's my Bible, you know. <laughs> and we started sharing. And, and then right there, I didn't want to leave him. Because I, you know, I just sharing the gospel. Listen, do you want to accept Jesus Christ right now? And he said, yes. And he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm really happy. And after we did all that, it was like 40 minutes talking with him. He says, you know, I'm glad I bumped into you, Eddie. He always knew me to be as the church guy, reverend, whatever. But right after I shared this with him, he was like a brother to me. He was, the, he was a veteran. He was a cop's cop. He was a brother. And um, right after I shared that with him, he shared with me, I'm glad the Lord led us together because I have cancer. And he was saying that it was all through 9-11. And he was, he was supposed to go for chemo that day, but his blood cells weren't right, so they postponed it. So he decided to come to the mall. I had no idea he was going through that. But it's important. I don't know how I got there, but it's good to share it. You know, be ready. In and out, see his name is Jerry. Pray for him. Um, I love him dearly. And, I, you know, now he's a brother in Christ. So we have someone that's been added to the, to the body. And just keep him in prayer. Pray for his health. Pray that the Lord continue. He continues in the Lord. The Lord will continue with him. But anyway... Going back to Philemon, Philemon led, uh, I mean, Paul led Philemon to the Lord and he said, Look, you owe something. That's why it's important for us to be faithful and be ready. I'm grateful. I thank the Lord for saving me. It's the Lord that I give thanks. But I'm grateful for those that were faithful to the Lord to share the gospel to my family, to my parents, which led us to the Lord. I'm grateful for that. And so we look at this and say, Onesimus, 
owes Philemon material or financial debt, while Philemon owes a spiritual debt to Paul. You see the picture there? Onesimus owes Philemon material things, things that would fade away, but Philemon owes Paul something that's for something that's eternal. Again, he's not giving Paul the glory, and Paul's not asking for glory. He says, you owe me. In other words, hey, listen, I led you to the Lord. (laughs) You know, you have eternal life. Jesus is in your life. He's giving you everything. (laughs) You know, he's forgiving you. Forgive Onesimus. And I think it's it's, it's awesome. But again, we see another picture here. And the picture that we see here is like the picture of Christ. You know, the picture of Christ. Philemon is like, he's not God, but he's, he's in a position like God at this point. And Paul is, is like Christ. Onesimus is the sinner. And as Christ reconciled sinners with God, so Paul is doing the same thing. He's reconciling Onesimus with Philemon. It's a beautiful picture. And, you know, it, it's amazing how Paul is obedient to the word of God. He follows the Lord. He's faithful to be Christ. Like, what's, that's what Paul says. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. Don't follow everything I do. Now, if you follow me, everything I do and say, you're going the wrong way. Don't follow Eddie. Don't follow anybody. I don't care what title they have. I don't care if they're the Pope. I don't care if it's someone like Billy Graham. I don't care if he's a bishop, archbishop, arch, arch, archbishop. It doesn't matter. Don't follow man. But if they're being obedient to the Lord and God has put you on the uh, submission of a leadership where the, the word is being taught as I was, be obedient. And we see, follow them as they follow Christ. Paul is setting the example. And so Paul offers to pay uh, the price for reconciliation between Philemon and Onesimus. Exactly what Christ did. He paid the price so there could be reconciliation between God and man. And he said, just put in my, I will pay for it. Paul says, I will pay for it. And this is what Jesus did. It is, the, it is known as the doctrine of imputation. In other words, it imputes, means to put on my account. Jesus says, put it on the cross. I'll take it to the cross. I took it to the cross. <laughs> All your sins, I already took it to the cross. It's been paid in full. And so, like Christ, Paul, like Christ, was willing to pay the price for reconciliation. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Because we may not have someone against us at this time or have a problem with a relationship. But if you know people that are, you know, be like Paul, be like Christ. Bring unity between them. Don't force it. Don't try to be the Savior. I'm going to bring these two together. (laughs) You know, no. Just, you know, if it's in conversation, just encourage them. You can't force people. But you can encourage them and use the Word of God. Thanks for joining us here on Running the Race. You've been listening to Pastor Eddie as he makes his way through the book of Philemon. I have a question for you. Have you spent time praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ today? What did you pray for? In Philemon 1.6, we get a picture of Paul's prayers for fellow believers. He said this, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. When you pray, don't forget to pray for effectiveness in sharing the gospel. And to that end, we'd love to have you pray for us. Here's Jessica to tell you more. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience. 
and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. If you missed that website, it was runningtheraceradio.com. And from all of us here at Calvary Chapel of Milford, thank you. Please come join us in person soon. You can find all of our info on that same website. Well, that's all we have for today. But come back next time, and we'll all keep running the race together.